Welcome once again to Maple Grove Coming to Church. My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here. And we're going to continue our series entitled, Is This Wise? It's the one question that changes everything. Is this a wise thing to do with my time, my money, my friends, my family, my future? Is this wise? Because we all make difficult decisions. We all have hard decisions that we face at home, at work, at school, in our friendships, in our relationships. And the question that we've been talking about over the last few weeks is, is this wise? Because we all want to make wise decisions. No one wants to live like a fool. So the last few weeks, we've been studying the wisdom of God, the wisdom of Solomon found in the book of Proverbs. And over the last few weeks, we've received much wisdom as it relates to our friendships, our workplaces, marriages, sexuality, parenting, and resources. And last week, we applied God's wisdom about poverty by holistically caring for the needs of the poor. And I'm happy to say that over 70 children now are going to receive some, some education and some nutrients and their, their community is going to be uplifted because of our work in Congo. It's a wonderful thing to do to participate. Amen. To participate and apply God's wisdom in the issues that we face all the time all over the world. And this morning, we're going to talk about a topic that we don't talk about very much at church. In fact, it's a topic that sometimes, although it's all over the scriptures and all over the world, we tend to avoid it, even suppress it. Even though it's all over our politics, our cities, in our homes, and even in our hearts, we don't like to talk about the topic of anger because we're Minnesotans, right? And we're nice. We're Minnesota nice Minnesotans. And and to add to that, we're Christians and we need to be nice. We don't want to be angry. So we're Minnesota nice Christians. And we don't like to talk about anger. But contrary to what sometimes we hear from our culture and even from our churches, sometimes it's good to get angry. Sometimes the most appropriate feeling to have about the circumstances that you face is anger. Uh, Earlier this summer, I had the opportunity to uh, go on a little vacation in Wisconsin. That's where I'm from. And and we were were, uh, uh, hanging out in uh, near Door County, and and I had my family there. I got four young kids, and I decided I wanted to go exercise. And so I was going to go for a run. And my youngest is seven my oldest is 12, and, and there are a couple in between there. And uh, the, the younger ones, the girls were riding their bikes, and Caleb and I were running. He's 12, and we're running along this relatively narrow road in a sort of a vacation area where there's swimming and, and cars. And, and so we were on the left side of the road uh, running and riding our bikes, and then cars would come our way. And most of the time, they would just slow down, go around of us, and we'd just keep on exercising, keep on riding the bikes. It happened three, four times. And then we saw this van come in our direction with a trailer. And uh, it was going pretty quick, and, and we thought that this van, this trailer, would do exactly what every other car did. It would just slow down and then go around us, and we would just keep running, running and biking and enjoying our company. But it, it kept approaching us. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, this, this, I'm running along. This guy may not see us, so I'm, I'm kind of waving my hands and kind of getting in and, and saying, Hey, you know, here I am. And, and he kept going, and he's approaching us more and more and more. And then my... My 10-year-old's riding her bike, and she's thinking the same thing I'm thinking. This guy's not going to move. And so she does the wise thing. She goes into the, the bushes, into the, and then the other one goes into the bushes. And then my son jumps into the, the bushes. Then my, my, my 9-year-old puts her foot down, lifts her other foot up, and the van just barely nicks her foot. 
and she falls down. And, and I just scream at the top of my lungs, what are you doing? And the, the van screeches to a halt. The guy jumps out of the van, and I'm just like the Incredible Hulk. I'm just like, bah! you know, I'm just like, I'm so upset at this guy. And he jumps out, you know, and, and, he, and he runs over to us. And he immediately says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he goes down to the kids and sees if they'll say Annika's crying. And he makes sure she's all right. And, and I'm, I'm ready. To, you know, I'm just upset. And, and, I, and I calm down. And, I, and, I, and we're all gathered. And, and, and I say a little prayer. And I thank God everyone's so saying. And then I just punch him in the stomach. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I was just kidding. And I felt like doing that. But I didn't do that. We just exchanged information. And, 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 yet, and yet sometimes, right, it's okay to feel angry. When someone you love is in danger and threatened, the most natural thing to feel is anger. There's this adrenaline. There's this rush. I got to protect this one that I love. I got to go after her. I got to make sure she's okay. Anger sometimes is the best emotion to feel because anger at its best is love in motion. Anger at its best is protecting, it's going after, it's, it's seeing someone that you love that's threatened and moving towards them to protect them. See, sometimes it's good to feel anger because anger at its best is love in motion. I don't know if you remember times when Jesus felt angry. Can you think about some of the times when our Lord and Savior, God incarnate, felt angry? There's multiple times in the scriptures, if you think about them, if you think about times when he was interacting with the Pharisees, and, and, and he would have these discussions with the Pharisees, and the Pharisees that were oppressing religious, you know, religiously using their influence and, and abusing people with, the, with their, their influence. He, he would feel angry, and there was anger reactions. Or when, when Jesus was, was uh, at the, the death of Lazarus, his friend, his buddy died, he felt anger for their unbelief and, and for their sorrow. And, and even most specifically and more graphically, when he walked into the temple and he saw the money changers. Remember that in John chapter 2, the, the money changers are exchanging money in the temple. And you remember what Jesus said? He didn't say, you know, excuse me, I'm sorry. You know, he didn't really politely say, you know, we don't do that here. You know, I know you're just kind of changing money in the lobby. Can you just leave now? You remember what he did? He created a whip. And he whipped these guys and he threw over the temple, you know, the, the tables. And he says, my house is a house of prayer. You've made it a den of robbers. He was angry. And he put his love in motion to protect that which he loved, the worship of God, to care for the poor, those that were being exploited because they were poor to exchange money during this time of worship. See, anger at its best is love in motion. It's protecting the ones that you love. See, sometimes it's really good to feel anger. Remember what Paul said in in Ephesians chapter 4? Paul writes this. He says, In your anger... Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down in your anger. Paul does not say, don't be angry. In fact, he says just the opposite. He says in in, in the imperative tense, he says, be angry. Get angry. And a better translation would be, deal with your anger before it becomes sin. Before that root of bitterness takes root. Deal with your anger before it becomes sin. See, sometimes it's good to get angry. 
but not all the time. But not all the time. Sometimes anger can be a very destructive force in our relationships. Sometimes instead of defending the people that we love, we destroy them. Instead of protecting the people that we love, we pulverize them with our anger. Instead of using it for good, it can be such a harmful force in our relationships at home and at work and in our families. And that's why I'm so glad that Solomon, that God inspired Solomon to speak words of wisdom related to anger, to teach us how God, how God gave us this emotion, not to, to harm others, but to use it for good. Because anger at its best is love in motion, but anger at its worst destroys the people that we love. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 18. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there or the words will be on the screen. Please listen as I read the words of Solomon inspired by God related to anger. Proverbs 15, verse 18 says this. A hot-tempered man stirs up dissension, but a patient man calms a quarrel. A hot-tempered man, an angry man, loses control, stirs up dissension. He, he, he breaks down relationships he divides instead of unifies. In Proverbs 29, 22, an angry man stirs up dissension. A hot-tempered one commits many sins. He doesn't just break up one relationship. It's relationship after relationship after relationship. There are multiple of sins when a hot-tempered man enters into a relationship and he loses control of his anger. Proverbs 19, 19 says this, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him... You will have to do it again and again and again and again because he's addicted to anger. He's addicted to that rush of adrenaline. And you'll have to rescue that person again and again and again because he's hooked. Proverbs 14, 29 says this, A patient man has great understanding, but a quick-tempered man displays folly. He's a fool, a quick-tempered man, a hot-tempered man, a man that's angry. He destroys relationship. He blows up. He vents his anger. Anger, at its worst, destroys the people you love the most. He's quick-tempered. He's a hot-tempered man, out of control with his anger. And all of us can think of times when we have lost control of our anger. Maybe it was in a relationship with our parents where you, you, you lost control. You said some things, you did some things that you later regretted. Maybe it was in trying to discipline your children and you lost control of your anger. Or maybe it was a relationship at work. Or maybe it was with your spouse. All of us can think of times when we felt anger and we lost control of our anger and we lived like a fool. We said some things, we did some things, we, we, we thought some things. Because anger at its worst destroys the relationships with the people we love the most. See, sometimes it's good to be angry. Sometimes when someone that you love is threatened or in danger, one of the most natural, most appropriate things to do is to put your love in motion and go and protect them. But other times, anger is at its worst. When when the person that you love, you don't go after them to protect them, but to destroy them, to pulverize the anger at its worst, destroys our relationships. 
And that's why I'm so glad that Solomon doesn't keep us just describing the destructive power of anger. He teaches us how to use anger for good. Because the question is not, do I feel angry or when will I feel angry? The question is, what am I supposed to do with my anger? If sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad, how am I to deal with that energy, that adrenaline, that anger that I feel sometimes at home or at work or in my relationships? Well, thankfully, Solomon doesn't leave us just with the destructive power of anger. He teaches us the way of wisdom. And in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, he gives us these wonderful words of instruction for all of us who want to live wisely in our anger. He writes this. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. Some powerful truths here. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than the one who captures a city. Do you see the wisdom? He who is slow to anger is better, is stronger than the mighty. He who rules his spirit, he who controls his anger is stronger than a warrior who captures the city. See, Solomon does not say suppress your anger, hold it inside, just withdraw from the people that you love, just be a nice Minnesota Christian. He doesn't say that. Nor does Solomon say express your anger, blow up, vent it out, just get it all out on the people that you love. Solomon says slow down your anger. Control your anger. He who is slow to anger is better than a warrior. A man who controls his temper than a man who takes a city. Solomon contrasts a warrior who controls a city and a man who controls his temper. And both are masters. One rules over a city. One masters a city. The other rules over his anger. He masters his temper. And Solomon says the one that's more valuable, the one that is a greater value, is the one that can master his own spirit. He can control his temper. In the years of a, of a boy that's transitioning to manhood for which this book was written, those that are trying to discern a life of wisdom, a young boy always looked up to the warrior, always looked up to the gladiator that could go in and destroy a city and conquer a city. But Solomon says, that's not the wise one. The more valuable person is the one who can control his own temper. That's the one worth emulating, not the warrior that can... That's not the hero. The hero is the one who can control and slow down his anger. See, Solomon says it's not no anger. It's not blow up in your anger. But slow down your anger. This is the way of wisdom. Doesn't that remind you of somebody? A phrase that's repeated throughout the scriptures... All the way back in in Exodus, on on top of Mount Sinai, God describes himself to Moses after giving Moses the Ten Commandments. This is how God describes himself in Exodus 34, verse 6. He says, And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to... And what's that word there? I'm sorry, what's the word there? Anger. God. 
compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. He's abounding in love, but he's slow to anger. He hates sin. He hates the sin. He loves the sinner, but he hates sin. He feels anger. He doesn't blow up. He doesn't hastily just respond in anger. He is slow to anger. And he calls us to be the same. He doesn't say suppress your anger, pretend that it's not there, withhold it, just kind of keep it inside. He doesn't say blow up in your anger, express it, just do whatever you need to, just vent your anger on anybody around you. He's slow. Your anger. God says, slow down your anger. Learn to control it. I was uh, recently, over the summer, I was running a little bit late for a family gathering. And on, I, I was actually running quite a bit late. It was a couple hours late. And uh, I, was, I was expected to be there around 4.30. And uh, I, I was late because earlier that morning, I left at 4 in the morning from Colorado to get to Maple Grove for this family gathering. And uh, my wife said we need to leave at 3 in the morning, but I was pretty determined. I said we could leave at 4 and, and leave Colorado to get to Minnesota at 4.30. So those are, that's a pretty tight time period, right? And I, but I was determined. I said that's what we need to do. And as we're driving along through Colorado, it dawned on me that there was this thing called time change, right? Right around I don't know where, but kind of Minnesota time or Central Time, Mountain Time. So I said, I already lost an hour. Uh, and then we just kept driving. We got to Nebraska. Now, Nebraska has many wonderful qualities. Scenery's not one of them. And so, you know, we're going through Nebraska, and we hit road construction. We're talking like half of the state. It's just road construction. And I'm a little frustrated, you know, and I thought I could get there on time, and now my wife's wondering, you know, when, what should I tell my family, you know, when are we going to get there, and I'm getting a little frustrated, I'm getting a little bit irritated, and a little bit angry, so I ask myself this question, it's a question, it's a wise question, a pastor taught me to ask myself this question when you feel angry, he says, this is the question you need to ask yourself. It's two. One is, why are you so angry? And the second one is this, what big thing are you trying to defend? That's a great question. Whenever you feel anger, you know, that little emotion, you feel frustrated when you're driving or, or things aren't going your way and you're starting to feel frustrated or angry. What big thing are you trying to to defend. So I'm driving through Nebraska and I ask myself that question, what big thing am I trying to defend? Well, I'm, I'm trying to slow down my anger. And I thought about my kids, you know, maybe I'm, I'm trying to defend my kids or try to provide for my kids. I know they were going to go and be with their cousins for this family gathering. Maybe that's what I'm so upset about. I said, no, that's not really it. And then I said, well, maybe it's my wife, you know, then she's not going to be with her sisters. I know they were really looking forward to that. Maybe that's why I'm angry. I said, no, that's, that's not really it either. And then I thought a little bit more. And I said, that's it. This is that the one big thing that I'm trying to defend is me. Because I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to admit that I didn't calculate correctly or I didn't plan for road construction. And the one big thing that I was defending was my ego, my pride. It was me. See, anger has a way of revealing what we love the most. And oftentimes in our anger, it's about me my ego and my way and what I think is right. And oftentimes anger reveals what we love the most. And if we can slow down long enough and admit, maybe I was wrong. 
Maybe there's some wound coming up that's kind of going sideways, and that's really not what I said. If we can slow down, what big thing am I defending? Why am I so angry? We can slow down our anger and live wisely. I love this verse. This is one worth memorizing. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. He who rules his spirit than one who captures a city. See, if we want to be wise when it comes to anger, we need to slow down our anger and ask these questions. Is this wise? Why am I so angry? What big thing am I trying to defend? We don't suppress our anger. We don't say it's not there, you know, just hold it inside, just be a nice Minnesota Christian. We don't express our anger. We don't rant and rave and just blow up and vent on anybody around us. We learn to control, to slow down our anger. That's the wisdom of God. That's the wisdom of Solomon passed on to us so that we could live lives of wisdom. But that's not all. Solomon doesn't say, just slow down your anger. God inspired Solomon to say, channel your anger. Use your anger, that energy that you feel when you're irritated for the sake of others. Do good in your anger. Listen to these words in Proverbs 25, 21, where Solomon writes this. If your enemy is hungry, give him something to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to eat to drink. If your enemy, the one that you hate, the one that hurt you, the one that wronged you, the one that provoked you to anger, if that person is hungry, give him some food to eat. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. Now, back in the day of Solomon, food and water was like life and death. You know, people lived hand to mouth day to day. And so this is a a provision of life. Give him something to eat. Give him something to drink or your enemy might die. Solomon writes, don't waste that energy that comes from your anger and rage. Don't stuff it inside. Channel it for good. Use it for the good of your enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies. Channel your anger that you feel towards the person that that yours, your enemy, for good. Channel it for something life-saving like food or water. As I mentioned, I grew up in Wisconsin and I uh, lived in, in Madison and had a fairly typical growing up in a neighborhood and we had lots of children in our neighborhood and, and uh, two boys that lived across the street were Aaron and Jevin and, and uh, they're good, good kids. I didn't know them real well. They were a little bit younger than me, but they loved music and they were, they were outdoorsy guys and, and uh, very bright. In fact, Jevin followed in his mother's footsteps and became a doctor, and uh, he got his first job, moved down south, and worked as an emergency doctor. And uh, while he was down there, just sort of starting out his career, he was biking uh, one evening and uh, got hit by a van. Who was uh, The driver was another young person, and he was killed, tragically, in, in a car accident. And you can imagine the anguish of the parents, uh, my neighbors in Madison. I mean, here their, their boy is just starting his career, just working as an emergency doctor, and he's gone. And the parents are just just crushed. 
I mean, the sorrow upon sorrow and losing their child. In fact, for four weeks, even months, they, they just hibernated. They, they went to another city and they, they, the pain was too much to even have a memorial service. And, and, and then out after about four or five weeks, one of the first things that they did after this time of just sorrow and being alone, they went to the, the, the young man that drove the van and killed their son. And they had a conversation with him. And this is what they said to this man. They said, um, one life was already lost. Don't waste yours. We forgive you. It's not your fault. One life was already lost. Don't waste yours. We forgive you. It's not your fault. They absorbed the anger. They absorbed that pain and then they channeled it, if only for a moment, to forgive the one that hurt them. They didn't hate him. They didn't hurt him. They forgave him. They gave him this life, this nutrients like food and water to sustain this young man as he now has to live the rest of his life knowing that he killed her. So I see, this is the way of wisdom. This is how we overcome. This is how we channel. This is how we heal our anger. We don't suppress it. We don't rage. We slow it down. Why am I so angry? What big thing am I trying to bend? And what could I do? What's the next best thing that I can do to channel my anger for good? Isn't that what God did? Isn't that who God is? He's slow to anger. He's abounding in love. And at just the right time, God put his love in motion. He sent his son to live the life we couldn't live, to die the death that we deserve to die, to rise again, conquering sin and death, protecting us from hell, from eternity separated from God. See, Jesus is love in motion. God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. He took our place on the cross to forgive us of our sin and to teach us the way of wisdom. When it comes to anger, it's not, it's not suppressed. It's not to be a, this nice Minnesota Christian. It's not to express it into rage. It's to slow down your anger. Maybe you're here today and, and, and you've lived most of your life suppressing your anger. Maybe you've, you've lived in this sort of Christian culture, this Minnesota culture. You know, I'm just to be a nice Minnesota Christian. Maybe God's word to you this morning is to get angry. Is to be angry. To be angry in, in, in such a way where, where you deal with your anger before it becomes a sin. The sin of bitterness or hatred or isolation. Maybe God's word to you this morning is, is be angry. Or maybe you're here this morning and anger is the only emotion that you know. I mean, you rant, you rave, you get out of control. And maybe God's word to you this morning is stop it. Learn to control your anger. Look under the hood. Ask yourself, what am I so angry about? What wound is coming out sideways? What big thing am I trying to defend? Go deeper. To, to get an understanding of the thing that you're defending or the thing that you love. Or maybe you're here today and there's someone that you're angry with this morning. 
and you're mad at your parents or you're mad at your brother or your sister or some loved one after Thanksgiving or there, there's someone at work that you are upset about. And maybe God's word to you this morning is put your love in motion. Or better yet, put God's love in motion. Ask God, hey God, what's the next good thing that I can do for the person that I'm feeling so upset with? What's the next good thing that I can do? Or maybe you're here today and you've never trusted Christ. You've never experienced the forgiveness for your sins. And maybe you just need to let God into your life and say, God, forgive me for my anger. Forgive me for my sins. Make me whole today. I don't know where you're at. All I know is that God calls us not to suppress our anger, pretend it's not there, not to express it with rage and ranting, but to slow down our anger long enough to look inside and say, what am I trying to do? And how can I use this energy for the sake of others? Because anger at its best is love in motion. Anger at its worst destroys the people we love. But we must choose. We must choose how we utilize this anger because we all feel it often throughout the day. Will I choose the path of wisdom or will I live as a fool? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, We thank you for the truths in your word. We thank you for all the wisdom that you provide for us. And we ask by your spirit that we could live a life of wisdom today. That you, Holy Spirit, would do a work inside of us to become slow in our anger. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to receive our offering. The offering is an extension of our worship. We believe that everything we have is a gift from God, and we return back to Him a portion of our income to express our faith in God.